everybody, welcome to Smashing Game Time. We are three brothers. Mm, we're not three brothers. I'm technically a but brother. You can say we are normally three brothers. <laughs> <laughs> oh, <shit. laughs> I'm your host, Nick. Below me is my brother, Josh. Uh, to my left is my brother from another mother, uh, Ryan, a.k.a. Black Shinobi. 956. Uh, correct. You, you got, got it. You got the number right for once. <laughs> Shinobi, a.k.a. Ryan, agreed to come on. Jake couldn't be on today. Ryan, how you doing, man? We're so uh, we're so happy to have you here as a guest host. I am great, and I am excited to talk about games. Talking about games is my favorite thing, so I'm I'm pumped. That was the most... The fastest I've ever gone to feeling awkward in the intro. <laughs> the words <laughs> left my lips and I was like, oh no. <laughs> but okay, I got you. You're still, still technically you. correct. You're still technically correct. <laughs> hey everybody, we are doing, we are counting the five most influential Hideo Kojima games. We're not doing book club today because I've been sick and Jake is out. We will get back to book club for Death Stranding next week. We've just gotten the, the we've got the bug. Everybody's got uh, the bug. No, let's be honest. And so Nick has been sick and Jake is actually out, but they both had it perfectly planned so they didn't have to play this week. So I'm the only one I think is doing the assignment. <laughs> Josh is the one playing the game. I'm the one reading the synopsis and Jake is like just guessing at this point. Jake's just winging the whole thing. <laughs> uh, yeah, I watched it on uh, YouTube a couple times. But you know what? That's basically every fucking book club ever. There's only like one or two people actually reading the book. Everyone else is just there for the wine. I am appreciating appreciating everything that's going on right now in this game. I'm actually, I'm more upset now playing it than I was finding out that it was a walking simulator because it is honestly, I mean, yes, it is a walking simulator. Yes, you are delivering mail practically, but by God, it is so much more than that. And I'm, it was just thoroughly under... Uh, what's what I'm looking for? Um, underappreciated. Underappreciated. Yeah, it's definitely underappreciated for what's there. I, I feel that too, and uh, I've got I've got more to say on it. Just in general, like the general feel of what like everyone was saying about it when it came out. But we will get back to Death Stranding next week when Jake is here. Before we get into the Hideo, yeah. Before we get into Hideo Kojima, uh, as as. Mm, Man, this sickness is really eating me up. As always, we are a Trident Network podcast. Go check out our siblings. They are awesome. Uh, hey, we're everywhere you get your podcast. We're on Apple. We're on Spotify. We're on YouTube. We're on YouTube Podcasts is what I guess they're going to call Google Podcasts from now on. I don't know. Go find us there, please. Uh, hey, fuck the algorithm. Tell a friend. That's right. Word of mouth is king here. We feed off of word of mouth so go ahead and tell your friends about the show if you're having a good time hey there are video games to talk about josh what are you playing honestly nothing's really changed i do my my weekly daily star rail genshin impact um i've been playing apex legends i'm gold one almost uh plat four so we're getting back there um Still trying to finish the main campaign for professional mode for RE4 Remake so that I can finally sit down and do Separate Ways, DLC, uh, and then, of course, Death Stranding. Anything about Wait. RE4 or Death Stranding standing out to you this week? 
or anything uh, you wanted to share, share with the fans? I mean, other than my rant about people underappreciating Death Stranding because so far it's really good. Um, I think RE4 Remake also is not as appreciated as uh, as it's been out, especially now with Separate Ways coming out. Um, Separate Ways definitely makes me love and appreciate Resident Evil 4 more than any other remakes they've done so far, I would say, other than maybe one. I think I think the first half of the year, this year, gaming-wise, has kind of gone back. Like, we have the recency bias, so everyone... Even Baldur's Gate, I feel like, has kind of fallen off a little bit since we've had Starfield come out. Uh, Forza, not so much, but, you know, just with the year getting busier, we've got a Call of Duty coming out here in a few weeks. Uh, Spider-Man. Spider-Man. The number of people not talking about Hi-Fi Rush, still, I get it, but also still pisses me off. <laughs> I'm. It's just, I, I guess it's just because there's so much coming out that we're all anticipating that it's, it's hard to pick, like... I know for sure I want to play Armored Core 6 so badly, but I also can't justify mm. dropping $60, $70 on it right now just because I know that it's everybody's done talking about it. The hype is over. Honestly, at this point, I'm actually, believe it or not, I'm using my local library. Uh, their copy of it has been out for a while and it's not going to be done. However, I found another resource that they have where I could have another library send me their copy, and I'm currently waiting on that. I and then Starfield, same thing. I can't justify dropping the, the $80 for it. So I'm like, dude, you know what? I'm just going to wait for it to go down in price. By Christmas time, I'm sure I could pick it up for 30 bucks. Easily. Game Pass. Game Pass. I don't. Pass. We've, I got rid of Gamefly, Nick. I cannot justify going to get Game Pass. <laughs> Game Pass is so much cheaper. I thought of you the other day, though, because I was at my local library. And I was like, where are their games? And I was wandering for a little bit. And then I was like smack dab in the face with them before I realized it, and the first game I saw was Forspoken, so I had a good giggle about that. Well, currently, the only game I have right now is my Dead Space. I gotta finish that up so I can return that. But, uh, no, I'm, I'm, I'm hoping I'm 24 hours away from getting my Armor Core 6. Fingers crossed for you, Josh. So I'm, I'm trying to be efficient and cheap as possible. I can't, like I said, I can't justify $60 a game, $70 a game right now. I could, I just don't want to. Mm-hmm. I got gotcha. you. Anything else, yeah. Josh? No, that's it. That's my rant for the day. Okay. I'll do mine real quick because I, I really want to hear what Ryan's been playing because he's been he's been playing some games that I really want to hear about, especially that last one because I have some fond memories of that last one. Uh, so I've been playing... A f I've gone off the beaten path. I know last week I promised my review for Dune and my preview for Last Train Home would be out. Again, I got the sickness. Uh, I'm just going to lean on that for the rest of the show. Uh, <laughs> but let me go through these. So Last Train Home is an RTS slash like base management. And the thing that sticks out to me about it, it's World War One setting. You are part of a convoy. I believe you're escaping Russia to go into Czechoslovakia. The history of it's a little muddied on me because nothing's in English and I just wasn't in a reading mood when I sat down to play it, but that's the gist of it I got from the the mission. So it does the like Call of Duty thing where like someone's talking and you've got a map playing out of like the conflict. Very Call of Duty of them. But so you go out, you have like you set up a unit which I think can have up to nine people in it, uh, depending on the mission, and it, it's an RTS ass RTS game. You put people in cover. Uh, different people have different abilities. So like you ha might have a grenadier 
who can help uh, get machine gunners out of a machine gun nest. You have a scout who can use their binoculars to scout out an area ahead. You have a machine gunner who can set up a nest. And that's been fun. That's been a lot of fun. It's reminding me a lot of Iron Harvest. And you guys know how much I love Iron Harvest. There are sad dead game. (laughs) (laughs) Um, There are no giant mechs, sadly, but there is a train with a giant mortar gun on it. So I'm here for it. And I don't think this is based on any actual uh, history. I think this is all fictionalized because at one point they do say, hey, this is a fictionalized story in the middle of uh, the pre-mission story. So I'm like, wait, what? <laughs> like just casually in conversation or <laughs> during, announcer? During, like, the mission, the mission thing. They're like, oh, this is based on a fictionalized story because part of it also plays out kind of like a history channel thing, which is something I really dug about Age of Empires 4 where you would play a mission and then the, that game would actually give you like something that they shot like, oh, when they built the castle, they built the walls up like, and that was something like, I need to go back and play that because that's something I really dug about that Age of Empires 4. Other games I've been playing, No Sun to Worship. This is a follow-up from the developer who did Undetected, which I believe I reviewed. It's either before uh, summer or it was last year. This is a much better game than Undetected. Undetected uh, was a heavier, more heavy, heavily influenced by Metal Gear Solid. This one is more heavily influenced by Splinter Cell, and had like if you remember the first, well, all the Splinter Cells, they had the little sound meter. So if you like, you made sounds with your footstep, it did the, it did the like the little ticks. It also uh, has a shadow meter, which I don't think it works properly, but like if you're like in a very bright spot or if you're somewhere out in the open it'll be higher but like hey they can see you idiot get the fuck out of there uh it so it plays like splinter cell but the mood is very metal gear solid the enemies are spooky guys that have like glowing eyes there are robot ones that are tougher to kill and basically you're going through each mission there are different prisoners on each mission so like the first one i played had three second one i played had five but instead of rescuing these prisoners, you are punishing them. And I'm not being, I'm not trying to, you know, uh, not broadening my vocabulary. Like you go up to them and the button says punish. And then you choke them out or you stab them or you do whatever you got to do to punish them. And Jesus. then, <laughs> and then like when they're dead, it was like punish achieved or something like that. Uh, very <laughs> weird, dark game. The maps are very, they're not the most open thing, but there are multiple ways to get around. So it's also giving me like slight Hitman vibes. It times you. Uh, if you get caught, you're basically going to die because their guns are, the enemy's guns are a lot tougher. Hell, when you start the game, instead of like the play game, punish. <laughs> so they're very, they're very <laughs> serious about punishing people. They're like, oh, we're going to punish these guys. Uh, I've reached the third mission, which is the pr- uh, prison, and there are seven different guys I have to punish, which is a sentence I can't take back. It's out in the air. <laughs> <laughs> I have to go punish seven guys and then escape, and I, it's very fun. It's uh, got PS a PS1 graphic-looking aesthetic to it. I think it was five or ten bucks, but this is, yeah, no sun to worship. It's scratching a weird itch that I didn't know I needed to have scratched. Uh, very punishing. A lot of fun. Very challenging. I'm playing on normal mode, and the, the other achievements say there's a hard mode. And I'm like, okay, I'm being challenged here. How hard is this fucking hard mode? 
So hopefully, this feels like one I'm going to 100%. We'll see. Please tell me when it says punishment achieved, it's in like reading rainbow font, just like comes across the screen. It's very cute. It's a very cute font that comes up. It's like, oh, guys. Oh, it's almost like, like World Combat, <laughs> like uh, they're like friendship uh, for fatalities. Uh, the, what, the, they have the baby ones too, don't they? The babyology? Yeah. Babyology? Baby uh, whatever it's called. Yeah, whether the baby ones too. They're both of them, yeah. The, the guy from Mortal Kombat comes out when he snaps. Whoopsie! <laughs> <laughs> it's just so weird because the, the very first thing you see on the first level is one of these prisoners. Like, it's very good about, it's very good about setting that up. Like, okay, this is your objective. Because you start, you start it, you're in this room with him. You see the exit behind him. You see that there are three of them. Like, the other two are spread around somewhere. They're like, okay, I'm going to go save this guy. And then you see the punish, and you're like, oh, fuck, I gotta punish him. But the other, really, so I, I meant to get off this game, but I, there's one more really cool thing. The other cool thing about this game is that it lets you use your health to make your footsteps silent. And then it also mm. lets you, any downed enemies, like, it lets you pick them up for health. So instead of, instead of like, oh, I need to hide this body, oh, I'm picking this body up for health, and it disappears. So it's really, I really like the way it's playing with health and changing that concept because, you know, most games it's just like, oh, here's your health. Don't get hit. Whereas this one's like, okay, here's your health. Manage this ability you have. Oh, you got hit. If you use this ability, you're going to die. So I think that's pretty cool. And I wonder how that plays into the harder mode. But I'll have more on that hopefully soon. And then the last game I played, was I've been playing a little bit of Cocoon. This is from, I want to say it was the lead developer from Play Dead for Limbo and Inside. Um, this might be close to the top of my game of the year. I've only played a few hours of it, but it's so complex and simple at the same time. This is a top-down game. You're a little bug on this strange world, and it's also really hard to explain. So seriously, it's a two-button game. You move then you press a to interact with stuff and you have these orbs that you carry around and they're worlds let's say you go into this world uh oh hey there's this puzzle on here where i need to fill it up with water oh hey there's some water in the water world that just sit that's sitting there or there's this thing in the water world sitting there so you go back and forth between these orbs you're carrying them around the world with you but the game's also really smart about like guiding you in the right direction the puzzles are challenging uh, and this being this being a game uh, from a developer that broke off from somebody else, and it sounds like it was a bad divorce from these guys. Uh, I've already got my pretentious read on it already. My pretentious read of what the developer is trying to say to us. Uh, I'll keep it short, but I think it's a hey when you go when you set out on your own, like you are basically carrying the world on your back, trying to learn these new things, trying to you know survive on your own. It feels like the world is on your back. Again, I've only played two hours, so maybe maybe I'm reading too much into what I've played. But, uh, ah, man, there's boss fights in there. So every time you get to a new world, you enter it, and the boss, the boss of the level is like, he presents himself. He's like, I, if you come into my world, I'm going to fuck you up. And then he disappears. And th also, the game doesn't, there's no dialogue. There's no nothing. You're on your own. So it's perfect. It's got that limbo inside aesthetic where it's like, nope, you're going to interpret this. I don't, I'm not saying shit to you. Get the fuck out of here. Go play the game. It's a lot of fun. It's simple. I think everyone should play it. Josh, it's on Game Pass. 
So moving. <laughs> now you it can't looks say all no. Good there, there's nothing, nothing else to talk about. I and you know what? I'll probably be playing Cocoon on stream right after this. So if you are listening live, stay tuned. Any chance you remember which studio they broke off from? So they broke off. Uh, the Cocoon people broke off from Play Dead. What did Play Dead make? Play Dead were the Limbo and Inside folks. Okay. Did they also make Somerville? Somerville was another person that broke off from Play Dead. Okay. And so, Somerville, so now looking at Somerville, having these two to compare to each other, and this is the last pretentious thing I'll say, I think Somerville wanted to be a little too complex, wanted to tell more of a story instead of, you know, just kind of leave stuff open interpretation. There, There is a lot to be interpreted, but they want more so wanted to be like, no, no, no. You, you here's your goal. Your family was stolen. Go save them. And I've got one... thoughts about Somerville, but I don't. <laughs> I don't oh, want to go, go there. Ahead. D- dish it out because I've also got thoughts about Somerville. I think, I think it's a game that's too big for its britches. Mm-hmm. I think that they kind of fumble the bag for the themes they're going for, and this is a this is something that I've discussed with Josh about. Death Stranding. This is another game where Hideo Kojima broke off with Konami. It's a game about connecting and communicating and, you know, being in the world. And I believe that Somerville is this game where we go through these decrepit places that are usually like not the center of a community, but like a place where the community gathers and we're seeing all these places empty. And you've beat the game, right? Yeah. Uh, Spoilers for Somerville for anyone watching or listening. Uh, so the ending when you're standing in line with all the other people fighting the three towers and I, I, first of all, the, having the two endings was a terrible idea, but Mm. so I got the ending where you don't do the code. You go back to who you think is your family and you just live your life. And my read on that ending is that, well, if you don't collaborate, you're just going to be in your own little world and you're going to suffer and die alone in your own little world. I don't, I, I don't remember the other ending. I watched it right after, but I think it, it's a story that calls for collaboration, but I think they do a terrible job of drawing that conclusion. Yeah. What were, what were your beefs? Just, it, it's not even like that deep. I just felt like I played through the prologue of a story and right when it was going to get good, they ended the game mm. like I didn't do all that stuff for you to not give me superpowers mm. and let me do some cool stuff I don't care about the kumbaya holding hands <laughs> like like you're you're building me up to like you're giving me all these different powers and I just felt like I never really got to like I never really got the climax that the game was trying to build for and it's that's just me, though. That's just me. <laughs> they, they give you all those powers. They shoot you off, and you like you're like, oh, this is gonna be cool. Like this is gonna be amazing. Like, oh my yeah. god, I'm so overpowered. Uh, we we just had this amazing moment where I don't think don't you get shot into the sky? You get shot onto a floating island or something like that. Yeah, and then you meet someone who's like you. <laughs> That's right. Yeah, <laughs> and don't they have like a building fall on them or something? Something I don't know. I don't know. I was so done with it, but, but yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that's, that's one I want to sit down and do a video essay on, but I'm just like, ah, the, but then I'd have to play Somerville again. <laughs> it's, yes. jan- it's, it's a little, it's just a little janky. Cause they, they don't stay left or right. They do have some movement. Like 
up and across kind of like an oxen free almost but it just feels mm-hmm. like it feels like you clip or you get caught yeah. on things constantly and it's just like oh come on yeah i kind of just just personally like after you've played limbo and inside going to somerville feels like a step down I'm just kind of tired of low poly aesthetics too at this point. But <laughs> oh boy, that's all I play for now for some reason. <laughs> well, I, you know what? I, I'll say one more thing and then I'll hand it off to you. I'm sorry. I am getting tired of that aesthetic because every other game that comes through the review docket is like, "Hey, we've got that PS1 aesthetic. Hey, we got that N64 aesthetic." And I'm just like, "There's a reason we got away from it, guys." Uh huh. Like I wish it's overused. Right. I wish things would get back more. To I miss when I miss when indies were okay with just being like 2D side scrollers or having a cartoony vibe to them. Like, just go back to that. I don't need a gritty yeah. PS1 game. We had enough of that when PS1 was a thing. Definitely. Definitely. I've gone on long enough. Ryan, what are you playing, man? I finally got around to playing uh, Tears of the Kingdom. Um, I'm really only about three hours in. I forgot how good breath of the wild was at like leading you through an interesting location and then after you finish doing something you can always see at least three other interesting things to do that's what i really love about the game i'm actually like not the biggest uh crafter so the crafting is easy enough for me to do and enjoy um but that's not why i love the game i love the game for the exploration just seeing stuff and doing it have, have both of you guys played it already? I've yes. played the tutorial island, but I do I do like the... Because I've only played a little bit of both of those Zelda games, but I know exactly what you're talking about because I remember coming out of one of those shrines in, uh, not Breath of the Wild, in Tears of the Kingdom. You come out and you instantly see like the next shrine it wants you to go to, but you also, to your right, see like a body of water. And I was just mm-hmm. like, oh, I'm going to take this body of water and go see what's over here. So I really right. I really do enjoy that because I'm the kind of person if I have a map and there's all these blips on the map, immediately overwhelmed. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Um I've also been playing Starfield. Starfield. It when it came out, it seemed like there was a lot of controversy around it that I don't think it deserved. Having set with it for about fifteen hours now. Um, I think it's a good game. I don't know if I think it's Maybe my opinion is slanted a little bit because I got it on Game Pass and I didn't have to pay for it. But um, I, I'm i having fun. Oh, all I can really say is I'm having fun. <laughs> my one criticism of the game is I hear people online and in person talk about really cool missions that they find. I just haven't found anything really cool yet. I don't know what I'm doing wrong. I don't know why. I'm taking all the side quests that I can. I'm just not finding the really interesting ones. <laughs> <laughs> but the, the thing that might be um, tainting my view of Starfield a little bit is the fact that I'm doing my first playthrough of Mass Effect 2 right now. And mm. like everyone told me Mass Effect 2 is great, but like y'all really downplayed it. Like that game is amazing. <laughs> No, it is by far the best Mass Effect there is. It is peak Mass Effect, and I need to know right now, who are you trying to romance? I'm not a big romancer. Okay. I always feel guilty. So, like, sure. Okay, so I'll flirt a little bit with 
Ah oh, man, what's her name? Miranda. Yeah, Miranda. <laughs> uh, I'll try. I'll try to talk to Miranda, but um, it's it's strictly flirting. I don't think I'm gonna romance anybody. Um, She's a coworker. Can I share with you? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> can I share with you what happened in my in my playthrough of Mass Effect One? Yes. What what's your um what's your class? Are you um trying to? It's been so fucking long. Soldier. Are you the psi? What? What? Who's the one that has like the psi abilities that can like throw, throw air and shit? All I know is I'm a soldier. Okay, okay. <laughs> that's, that's, that's the correct option. Yes, continue. <laughs> that's the one. Uh, Mass Effect One. I unfortunately ended up in the situation. Spoilers if you haven't played this game. Um, I unfortunately ended up in the situation where Ashley kills Rex, and oh. Rex was my favorite character. I got so upset that I wrote Ashley's name in my death note and killed her <laughs> as soon as possible. Uh, so I didn't have Ashley or Rex, but I had fun roaming around with Tally and Garrus. And um, when I'm playing Starfield, I'm always thinking about how much I want to play Mass Effect 2. And for a game that's that old, it holds up really well. Um, all the side quests are interesting. I still care about the character is both old and new. Uh, I, I'm just excited to see where it goes. I'm having a blast. Uh, is is Mass Effect 2, is that one of the best space games ever? Or? I think it is. I think it is. I think it's Mass definitely. Effect 2, because that was 2010. So, oh my mm-hmm. god. Mass Effect 2 is a teenager. <laughs> like, <laughs> years ago. Mass Effect 2 came out and just blew people away because Mass Effect 1... I think came out and people were really impressed with it and were like, oh, wow, like, look at what they're doing with this setting. Look at all the things, look at all the possibilities. Look at the story you're eventually going to be able to tell by the time this trilogy is over. Now they, I mean, honestly, obviously they didn't deliver that latter part, but Mass Effect 2 came out and they're like, oh, wow, like, they fixed the gunplay. The combat actually feels good. Like, yes, I'm playing an RPG, but I'm playing this dope-ass third person shooter with all these abilities with all these great characters side characters that you care about and honestly these were some of the best side quests side characters that i i've seen in rpg that i don't think were touched until Baldur's gate 3 came out this year mm-hmm. mm. honestly i i looking back in the last 13 years i think witcher 3 might come close but i mean that's not that's not like in the same like yes that's an action rpg the the genre words are so muddied now, but you don't have people following you. You don't have companions. But yeah, I don't, I don't, yeah, no, nothing, nothing. I'm just sitting here trying to think of things real quick. Nothing comes to mind. No Star Warses are up there. Like not Knights of the Old Republic. Well, those were, those were 2003, those are prior. 2005. Yeah, I mean, so yeah, they would be up, it would be up there if we're going that far back. But as far as like in the, xbox 360 era i would say it's mass effect 2 mass effect 1 probably dead space right after Mm. i'm trying to think i'm just thinking companions in general like people who are following you nothing nothing no i mean literally kind of took a back seat yeah because even skyrim wasn't that good with it skyrim wasn't that good fallout 3 was probably decent about it but even then like let's face it no one really memorized or remembers too much of uh, fallout 3 other than it was better than 4 
outside of Rex and dog meat, nobody gives a shit about Fallout companions. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's it. Well, technically, New Vegas. Everybody doesn't. That's like the one everybody clamors to. Yeah, but even though, like, I think Rex, well, even which the is the Elvis, that one. the El- he's the Elvis robot dog that everyone loves. I, everyone else, I'm just like, yeah, I don't think, I don't think people are clamoring for what's the super mutant from Three Fox or whatever his name is. Yeah, I don't think people are like, ugh. And I think the ending of Fallout Three affects that because they're like, oh, why can't Fox Wait. go turn on the super <laughs> generator? <laughs> I was say, which which ending are we talking about? The original or the DLC? All of them. Bethesda follows the endings all the time. But Ryan, I will say. Uh, when you are playing Starfield and feeling sad that you're not playing Mass Effect 2, just follow that feeling and go play Mass Effect 2 instead. It's <laughs> <laughs> fair enough. That's fair enough. <laughs> oh, anything else you're playing, Ryan? Anything on the side or anything? Your your game jam? Anything you want to share? Uh, no, nah, I'm working on a project called Bite. That should be fun. Okay. Uh, goofy little story. Um, I did start playing Signalis. And I really like Signalis. I can't wait to go back to it. But. <laughs> Dude, yes, yes. Yeah, oh my god, I'm so excited. I'm gonna have to geek out with about Signalis with you. That is so it's much. It's so fun. clever. It's so clever. It's the story guides you along so well. Like at first, I for the first like ten to fifteen minutes, I was not sold. I was bored out of my mind. But as soon as you get to the like second location in that game, I was like, okay. I'm 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 in. I'm all in. <laughs> how how far are you into it? Uh probably two and a half hours in. Okay. I'll I'll wait for you to finish it before I before I start picking your brain on it. But um dude, I'm so excited you're playing that because that is easily one of my favorites from last year. Okay. Oh, I love it. It's so good. Mm. That's all I got. Well, Ryan, thanks for sharing. Uh hey, Josh. Yes. You ready to do some news? Oh, we're going straight to the news. Yeah, okay. we're going to the news, dude. We're, we're playing I'm around sorry. with the okay. show all right, over here. All right, all right, all right. <laughs> uh, Read all about it. Latest football scores. Morning paper. Morning star. Paper mister. It's time for old news. So we'll start with the big one first. Uh, Sega cancels uh, hyenas. Um, and you know I don't crazy? think anybody was expecting this, honestly. So... You know what's crazy about this one to me is I remember I was in L.A. last summer and I think Hyenas was either announced or like it was the first time it was uh, looked at. So Hyenas was like their extraction shooter, which I'm guessing is like uh, the what is that? The Tarkov the escape from Tarkov. Yeah, so this is the one where you were space people. You were going onto ships to claim a bunch of booty. And it was all like Sega stuff, so you'd find <laughs> we were talking about Sonic pre-so pre-show. Chili ring. <laughs> you would find chili rings. You would find Sonic's chili ring. I'm saying it in the episode so we can have it as the title. <laughs> uh, I'll I'll get a word from our producer. It's like, hey, you can't use that title, you guys. Yeah, you can't. <laughs> but yeah, this is crazy because this was uh this was on the verge of coming out. Um, they literally just had a beta on the 11th of September. Did anyone here play the beta? Uh, I did not. I did not either. It, it was kinda, a closed beta, if it helps. Kind of just came and went. I mean, but also, like, is anyone really making extraction shooters right now? Uh, well, I mean, um, Battlestate can't even finish Tarkov, so... Tarkov hasn't gone 1.0 yet, has it? 
No, they don't. It's not. It's they're already working on their arena shooter version of it. Yeah, I don't because Tarkov was the height of the of the extraction shooter, and then I think didn't Call of Duty have a version of this called not Warzone? What was their name for it? Can't remember their name, but then Battlefield did something some. I say somewhat similar, but it was not really. They've all dabbled in it. No one can succeed. I mean, Escape, uh, Escape Tarkov is probably going to be the one that does it really well, obviously because it's the father of the uh, the the two or the the genre. Mm-hmm. But uh, no one else is able to copy it because actually, no, there is a close one right now. Uh, I think it's called Darker and Darker. Yep, I've heard. Yeah, you know what? I've heard of that. I, that, that one's I keep seeing videos. That, is that out of Germany? That's like a fantasy setting, Germany. isn't it? Yes. It, honestly, I keep seeing videos on it, and I'm like, fuck, I just missed the beta. Are you kidding me? Because <laughs> I want to try it because it looks so good. I I just think it's one of those genres that had like one or two heavy hitters, and then everyone tried to emulate it, and now the, these games are all finally coming out, and they're like, oh, shit. Like, these other two games already have this cornered. We're not really going to make a mark on this. Yeah, I, I just think it's a... It's almost like the, uh, uh, excuse me. Oh boy. It's almost like the, it's almost like the soul genre. It's it's starting to become a, like an overbred, overpopulated genre. It's tired. Well, I I compare this more to the battle Royale. Like everyone wanted their battle Royale. Fortnite and PUBG were rocking it. Apex came out a little later and changed it up a little bit, but everyone else came and went and just disappeared. And then the developer would follow shortly. What's the well, ice even, one I bring up every time? Is that Ring of Ulysses <laughs> or something? Ring of Elysium, yeah. That was actually, I enjoyed it because it was just a little different with like, oh, you can pick a bike, you can pick the glider, you can pick uh, whatever the other option was. But uh, they have the options. Like, oh, that's kind of cool. It's a shitty game. It's still kind of <laughs> cool. <laughs> it looked cool, yeah. <laughs> uh, but the one that still shocks me and surprises me at this moment is uh, is the Godfather of it. Uh, PUBG. Uh, the PUBG, fact that, PUBG was just so it was so slow to take off. Like I don't, they didn't hit. But one it's point it's up. it's the it started it all. It started it all, but just because you were the first doesn't mean you were like the best. Make, you know, and you're making all the, the right calls. Well, it went from they quit doing major updates to it, then it went free to play, and now it's a. No, it's not technically not a dead game because there's still a ton of people who play it. Surprisingly, but it's oversaturated with bots and uh, cheaters. I think Fortnite's got a lot of bots in it too, but I find it funny that the one thing that uh, one thing that people really hated about PUBG was like, hey, the map, we're tired of the map, the map, the map, like we have nothing we have one map and this is, no, we don't like this and they eventually put out another map, which I never played <laughs> but <laughs> Fortnite We'll have the same map for like three or four months at a time and like maybe change like one little corner or two interest points. And of course, they've always got something going on on the map that uh, wasn't there like a few weeks ago. But it's kind of crazy. That now, Fortnite, people are like, Meh. yeah, the map doesn't change enough, but we only need one map. But now you've got people mm-hmm. clamoring for the old stuff. So it's, it's just really crazy. Mm hmm. What's next, Josh? Yeah, the, oh, sorry. Go ahead. Uh, the cultural relevance of Fortnite always amazes me. Like Fortnite is a part of every rollout now. Like you get 
the rock in Fortnite. you can like you can promoting coo, everything you get, yeah. <laughs> whatever's coming out you're gonna get hey hey exactly. we want to hey we're an um, important touchstoning culture we need to put some Fortnite skins out it's crazy we'll play as paul rudd we got you <laughs> paul like they were i was on travis there. scott and ariana grande had a concert in in Fortnite, that's crazy. I went to the Travis Scott concert and survived. I lived to tell the tale. <laughs> <laughs> Moving on, uh, Diablo Four uh, coming to Steam. I think we all saw those coming, right? Oh, I mean, yeah. with Activision taking over Blizzard, yeah, it's and even then with the whole acquisition with Microsoft, uh, we're gonna see more of this. I honestly would not be shocked. Once Microsoft takes over 100%, I would not be shocked that we start to see uh, World of Warcraft come to console. I think, yeah, I think Warcraft, I think Starcraft, I think anything that they think, hey, we have enough people, bring it over. I just, yeah, with Microsoft taking over, because Microsoft had started bringing all their stuff over, like, wasn't Halo Infinite, like, day one on Steam? Yeah. Mm Mm-hmm. So I think for now on, every I, I think Battle.net will thankfully go away. Thank God. Because Battle.net is bad. It is awful. Yes. Mm-hmm. Um, now, that said, you know how I feel about everyone just counting on one platform for all of their gaming needs. But if we get rid of the shitty ones, at least I'll be happy. Keep the good ones. Get rid of the shitty ones. <laughs> keep Steam. I know people don't like Epic Game Store, but I kind of like it. It's growing on me. Let's keep that I- one. I like Epic over Battle.net for sure. I like uh, Epic over EAs. Like mm-hmm. I, I will pick Epic, but if I can be honest, I'd rather just keep it all on Steam. Okay. That's me personally. Okay, fun game. Fun game. Fuck Mary Kill. Fuck Mary Kill. <laughs> game launchers. Uh Ubisoft. Uh what is that? Uplay or whatever it's called. Yeah, you play. <laughs> Jesus, you play. Uh, Rockstar Social Club. Ooh. And what is EA's? It's not Origin anymore. Is it just e- EA? EA Play. EA Play. Mm-hmm. I'm going to fuck so- Rockstar Social, Social Club. <laughs> Marry EA because they have the EA Game Pass and fucking kill Ubisoft. <laughs> now, are we, saying, are we saying fuck isn't like a good thing or fuck like fuck off? Eh, you know, sometimes you have a good fuck. Sometimes you have a bad fuck. However you want to interpret it, Josh. <laughs> You don't like yourself after every fuck, is what I'm saying. Okay, well, uh, I'm going to kill Ubisoft right off the bat. They're dead. Um, Marry Steam, because Steam is just... He's already breaking the rules. Okay. I'm already breaking the rules. (laughs) Steam was not an option, sir. Oh, Steam is an option for me. (laughs) You can't tell me who I can marry and who I can't marry. It's not a marriage. All right, run with it. (laughs) Um, And then I would fuck uh, Rockstar. Rockstar's so, got the most fuckable uh, game launcher is what I'm hearing. What about you, Ryan? Uh, the exact same as you, Dick. Uh, <laughs> EA Play has all the Mass Effects. So, so, <laughs> so that's a marriage by default. Um, <laughs> I'm sure we'll talk about Ubisoft a little bit more later, but like, I don't need I don't need all those side missions and hours of content. Like, just I would take that behind the barn and kill it. <laughs> <laughs> and all those points they give you that add up to nothing. They're like, here's some Ubisoft. Here's 
what you points or whatever they're called it's like hey thanks for nothing exactly <laughs> it's like your exactly. grandma writing you a 20 cent check exactly <laughs> and of course to... rockstar rockstar has some solid game i've never actually used rockstar social club but i'm assuming i get access to the good rockstar games so i only got it because i downloaded um gta 6 and la noir oh, oh you got uh, gta yeah, 6 I'm sorry, five. Get you canceled. Get you canceled. Hey, uh, Nick Fat Knight, he's got GTA uh, 6 already. He's playing it live tonight. No, my NDA. No. Uh, No, GTA 5 and LA Noir. And it just, it looks really, it's aesthetically pleasing, but it's a pain in the ass. That's why I would fuck it Mm. instead of marry it. It's like, it's like that X that you know is bad for you, but you just can't stop seeing. You can't let them go. You can't. You love them. Even though they hurt you. Josh, get me out of this. All right. Uh, Assassin's Creed Mirage has been released. Um, For those not aware, uh, it's getting pretty good reviews. Uh, A lot of it is being interpreted as an... uh, They're going back to their roots. A smaller game. Which people are pissed about. And I have to sit there and question like... What have you liked about the open world ones so much that you're not willing to go back to the the old days when actually made Assassin's Creed Assassin's Creed? I think it's so stupid that a series that is generally about going back to your roots in history <laughs> is going back to its roots. <laughs> yeah. You know what I found more, even more ironically funny? We're still practically following all of Desmond's uh, heritage. That motherfucker's been dead for six or seven games. (laughs) It's closer to ten now, yeah. Um, I think the dumbest... uh, Ryan, how do you feel about Assassin's Creed 1, 2, and 3? Like, How how do you feel about the early series? I loved 1 and 2. 3 was... Which one was Black Flag? Black that was Flag, like five. Black Flag was the one with the pirates. Uh, yeah. Yeah, so it was five. So because it went Assassin's Creed, Assassin's Creed Two, Assassin's Creed Three, uh, Brotherhood. Black uh, Flag was considered four, though they called it Assassin's Creed Four well, Black Flag. Well, right, because the brother, like Brotherhood, and whatever the uh, the other uh, Revelations, whatever, where they were basically three I or think uh, two ex- and a half, and then there was three, which fall in the Native American. Uh, stuff and then there was black flag which is four the thing with three three was just too much there's too much going on too Mm -hmm. like i remember playing it and being five hours in and the game was like oh hey here's a tutorial about how to uh uh, steer a ship and to do this other stuff and i'm like (laughs) oh you're doing more we're doing more stuff aren't we (laughs) right Right. it's like every game out there now though it's like you're like a quarter, if not halfway into the game. And they're like, oh, hey, we're going to introduce this new mechanic now. And it's like, motherfucker, just let it be. Just let me play. That's why I like Cocoon so much, because press A. Just press A. Just press no, fucking A. I, no, no, Fuck, Fuck tutorials in general. If, I, if there's the option to turn it off, turn it off. I'm going to learn. I'm going <laughs> to learn how to play this game. Do it the hard way. So, <laughs> so I really liked 2. I thought 2 was a great game. Probably the greatest in the series. One was fine. I didn't mind one as much as a lot of people did. I just think it's just really strange that people are nostalgic for one now. See, and one was, like you said, one is okay. It's what started all, but two is definitely its peak. Two and Brotherhood. Mm. 
Mm-hmm. I agree with two. Yeah. And then I think what made separated four from everybody else too was the fact that they brought the the ship battles. Mm-hmm. I think I think the thing that the series has always had a problem with is just like going all in, and I I think you see that immediately in the first game when they're like, oh hey, this is all science fiction where you're going to the past in this thing. And, you know, in, a, in another game, that would be, like, the twist at the end is, like, oh, you were in a pod this whole time. But in, in that first game, it's like, nope, first ten minutes, you find out that you're in a pod. Yeah. That was my least favorite part of the game. Like, I don't care anything about the present. All the cool stuff is happening in the past. Mm-hmm. I could just cut out all that stuff, and I think I would be perfectly well, fine. I just did. Like, the, I mean, in the first one, it was, like, very seldom shit that was going on in the present. There wasn't anything going on. Where with two, they start to introduce more of it, and they're like, "Oh, you're, when you're in the uh, the pod, you're you're actually learning all these abilities. So as you're doing it in these memories, your your body's learning how to do it in the real world. So that was cool. Mm-hmm. But then after that, it kind of just like forgotten, forgotten about. And like the only thing that came up was the mystery of what's going on uh, with the apple of Eden. Yeah, that's it. The the and then from there, it's just been nothing but bullshit. Oh, you're a security guard uh, who's you're some guy who's going to go talk to a security guard about your new job, about playing through these memories for a fake company. The Templars run. The present day stuff was a really good walking simulator back then. (laughs) It was like it was like the start of walking simulators. I didn't I didn't like the soulsification of it. I don't I I don't understand Odyssey, Origin, uh, Valhalla. I just. Like if I wanted to play a Souls like, I'd go play Souls. I don't want I don't want to do that in the Assassin's Creed setting. I, I think it's they fucked up, they killed Desmond too early, mm-hmm. and they're like, well fuck, what's the whole point of this whole game then? Like literally what you killed off the main character who were trying to figure out the whole story to begin with. What are we doing now? It feels like it's just mm-hmm. we're jumbling around now. I don't like I I lost track of what's going on after four. Two mm-hmm. seriously felt like a Jerry Bruckheimer film. Two felt yes. like, because you had the stuff in present day where you were uh, not kidnapped, but you were like running away to be with like the secret people who had like taken you away at the end of the first one. And then like you go back into the past and like you're this playboy in Paris. And <laughs> I was like, this is like, this is like 2003, like national treasure type ass movie. And then didn't Jerry Bruckheimer end up doing the Assassin's Creed movie? I believe so. I'm pretty sure. I forgot about that. I'm pretty sure. Wow. So the fact that Assassin's Creed 2 fit the bill perfectly, and then Jerry Bruckheimer, and again, if I'm wrong, I'm sorry, came on to do a movie. Just, it's a spit in the face. Like, Jerry, what the fuck? You losing it, man. (laughs) I want to read this quote from the article you got pulled up. Let me scroll down. It says, uh, because it never expands to include world-ending machines or modern-day lore, it feels grounded in a way that most past games haven't. That gives me a lot of hope for this series. I'm sick and tired of the world almost ending in all forms of media. Like, yeah. <laughs> I just appreciate a grounded story. So I think I'm excited to play this one. Yeah, well, I'm can't... excited to play it too, but I just, like I said, I, I lost track of what's actually going on, so... Um, yeah. I don't know if I want to. If I'm gonna have to go back and watch a bunch of like terrible content creators to explain to me the, the synopsis of what's going on up to this point, or 
oh, the people who are into Assassin's Creed are in it, Josh. They are in it. But I do the. I think that was my favorite thing about the first one is that it wasn't like a hey, this is to save the world. This is hey, we're just looking for this thing. We need you to go back in the past and see where they left it. They left our car keys somewhere. Back well, in, they weren't even they weren't even the sure if uh, Desmond knew. They're just like, "Hey, you want to make some extra money? We're just looking for something particular. We got this cool technology. You can play with your ancestors. Here you go." They hired Desmond mm-hmm. off Task Rabbit. Well, remember Desmond <laughs> was working at a bar when this was all when they came to him. That's right. I forgot about. He was like, "Easy fucking money. Let's do it. Yeah, fuck the bar. I'm gonna make a couple of G's just sitting here playing games with my with my uh, my ancestors here." Desmond, the mo- mm-hmm. the most done wrong character in the last 20 years <laughs> yes well can i ask you guys this yes. um what do you think is like the appeal to to ubisoft games right now um brain dead people the, <laughs> the appeal is that you were getting something that you know that you know you're getting a game that you've already bought this is Madden. This is Madden to some people. This is some it's, people's it's, Madden. Is yeah, it's the Madden. It's the sports and it's the uh, Call of Duties. They are the Activision in general, where it's you know exactly what you're paying your sixty, seventy dollars, your dues, and you're mm-hmm. you're comfortable with it, and you're going to be happy. There's some new content. They removed two features. They add some new content. Everything's good. The people who they got their hooks into with um, Prince of Persia, The Sands of Time. Those are the same suckers still buying all these Assassin's Creed games because they were just the continuation. Those poor fucks have been just stuck in this loop because, you know, the smart, the smart folks, not the smart folks, but the, the folks who, have, who cherished their time, played Sands of Time, and were like, this is fine, and then saw Warrior Within and were like, mm, that's too much Godsmack for me. <laughs> <laughs> I'm unfortunately one of those people because I enjoyed the Warrior with him. So. I skipped that one and just went to the two print or the two thrones or whatever it was called. That which one is went. probably the worst one of them all. It was fine. Next, <laughs> next to that really weird one they did for the 360. The two thrones was fine. There were cool little elements where like you would fight as the regular prince and then I uh, forgot what would happen. You, you were cursed and you would turn into the dark prince and just, uh, the like, sand. The sand was imbued into your body. Basically, you were the Haka, right? The Haka. Yeah. Like he was like part of you or something. But who didn't want to run away from uh, Ubisoft Venom? <laughs> <God damn> <laughs> Good SEO right. grab, Josh. Good SEO grab. <laughs> Moving on to the next topic, uh, Naughty Dog um, reportedly lays off at least 25 uh, with the Last of Us multiplayer game, quote unquote, on ice. So this sounds like these were folks who were contracted. They weren't like Naughty Dog folks, but they were yeah. contracted to work with Naughty Dog. Sounds like their contracts just weren't renewed. Uh, with them saying this multiplayer game is on ice, I don't think it's coming out. No, it's it's, it's, it's dead on dead on arrival. Makes me so sad. Did either of you play the online for Last of Us? I did for when it first came out. I never did for the uh, the remaster or the remake. It was just, okay. it played kind of like the online for the Uncharted games, right? Yeah, that yeah. does it a disservice because it's <laughs> ten times better. It is ten times better. Than, but I played it religiously when it first came out, and uh, it just it had this weird um, 
uncanny ability to make you care about fake characters because you would connect your Facebook account to it. And the better you did in matches, uh, people from your Facebook would join your camp. But then if you did poorly, it would be like, oh, you didn't have enough supplies. So your grandma just starved to death. (laughs) So that was a cool, that was a cool feature. And it was just, it was a great competitive game. Like it was, it was a lot of fun. There was a lot of strategy you could do. It was, it was amazing. (laughs) It sounds like with this one, they were leaning on the destiny side of things from what I remember reading, which I, I think is the weird thing because the, what you just described kind of it's kind of given me what were the zombie games for xbox not dead rising the uh state State of of decay Decay. state of Mm -hmm. decay where you were like bringing survivors in looking for stuff to survive basically like strengthening your camp if that were this i think it'd be in a much better spot but now now that sony owns bungie they've got bungie going in poking their noses into everything (laughs) like "Mm, don't do that (laughs) Uh, yeah yeah but let's be honest though, right now, the, the, the greatest zombie building your camp up, helping survivors, is gotta be Dead Rising. Oh, I thought yeah. you were gonna say that other zombie game that you like are like head over heels for the motorcycle one. On PS4. One oh um Day one. Days Fuck. gone. Days gone. Days gone. I Nick, Days Gone. I wish you'd be on board with it. It's a fantastic story. Dude, it just it just looks it's Sons of Anarchy meets Walking Dead, man. It's so much more than that. You act like it's Daryl Dixon thing. without uh, <laughs> Norman Reedus. Man, it's just it's been it's no it's it's yes it's Walking Dead. It's just like they're like, hey, we like Norman Reedus and we like his motorcycle show. What if we did them together? It's so <laughs> good though, and now, they left it on such a good cliffhanger. Now, if you got if you had to get your zombie buddy out of prison. Then I'm then I'm back. If it leaned more into the Netflix movie, are we going to Vegas? We're gonna bring it to a vault. I'm pitching. I'm pitching you guys. I'm pitching. Um, yeah, but it's also really weird because Sony's Sony's um catalog already has a third person shooter zombie game. So adding another one in just seems like a weird thing. It feels like it's the right call because then like I don't know, man. Then uh then. Uh, not Ubisoft. Screw them. Fuck. Fuck Ubisoft. <laughs> <laughs> then um, the uh, who are the Spider-Man people? Insomniac. Insomniac. Insomniac comes back and like, oh hey, we want to do the the Spider-Man comic where they have the zombies. I forget what that one's called. Don't remember uh, either. Marvel zombie. I forget. Is it, Mar- is it Marvel? Name. Is it as simple as that? Is it Marvel I think zombie? It's just Marvel zombies. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they come back and then you have you just have this mess of all these zombies like no man like have the last of us be done with it and we don't uh, need another fuck the last game. of us that one day's gone but no i think <laughs> i do think this um the last of us multiplayer game is not coming out i think they've yeah. probably completely shifted over to the last of us three if i had to imagine but also like that might be up uh that might be at risk because it sounds like sag after might strike some of these video game companies and i think i think sony's on that list mm-hmm. i don't i don't mind that like you were saying the whole zombies uh sony aesthetic like it gets overused there in their games uncharted is in the same vein uh last of us is in the same vein um god of war kind of has that moodiness about it so mm-hmm. i don't mind taking a break from 
Last of Us and all that. Just doing something different. But that's just me. They need to put out a Gran Turismo. They need to put out a first-person shooter. <laughs> When's the last time Sony put out a first-person shooter? I think we're going to get... Was it like Resistance? Killzone? Uh, was it Killzone? Killzone uh, Shadowfall. <laughs> get Resistance Bring back, back Resistance. I want Resistance I so bad. Get Insomniac. Off of that Spider-Man shit. Get him off that Spider-Man shit. Get him back on Resistance. Because you can do so much with Resistance. Like... Okay, by the end of that last game, I think, because that last game is a fucking road trip game, which is amazing, by the way. Mm-hmm. But there's so much alternative history you can play with. There's so much you can do with it. And oh I'd, my be, God. I'd be okay with them even going back and like retelling the story of the first one. That too. It's like yeah. I played it. Oh, when did I play it? Was that 2015? So I played it a few years. I played it almost 10 years after it came out. And it was still a fun game. It didn't have, you couldn't aim down the sights or anything, but. Man, that was a fun oh, game. Oh, good old days. And Insomniac <laughs> was the one Sony studio. Well, they're just more recently a Sony studio. But they were that one studio making Sony games for PlayStation that were taking chances and trying new things as opposed to everyone else doing third-person action. Narrative mm-hmm. bullshit. Blech. Not to resurrect the old news segment of the show, but <laughs> uh, <laughs> hopefully... Sony's worried about Call of Duty going exclusive and it forces them to bring back resistance. Oh, I think I think deep down they know shit's about to go down. Like they've got like that truce right now for this uh for uh Modern Warfare 3, but who knows how long that's going to last. Exactly. They're going to get so <laughs> desperate they bring Mag back. I'd be okay with, oh my God. I'd be okay with that. They'll also bring back Hayes. <laughs> Ooh, I'm not okay with that. They'll be like, bring the, get the Hayes guys in here. Come on, get in here. We got that's that's all hands. desperate. We got an all hands meeting, guys. Get in here. No, that's desperate. And then going, to, <laughs> going to anybody who works at Ubisoft, getting them to come in. Like, hey, we we need something that isn't Far Cry. What do you got? <laughs> uh, hats off to those folks at Naughty Dog who are out of a job. Hopefully, all you folks land on your feet. Mm-hmm. Uh, moving on. Uh, Sad day in news, uh, Nintendo 3DS and Wii U online services will shut down in April 2024. Oh, man, like, I didn't, didn't another one of these just shut down recently? Uh, I think it was the Wii. Yeah. Wii, oh, the Wii music yeah, is gone Wii. forever. <laughs> so Wii is officially, as of April 2024, 100% Wii will no longer exist. <laughs> so weird. <laughs> I mean, it will, but. So weird to think that the Wii and Wii, like. I don't know what they were thinking, like having their next console have that same name and be a completely different thing. I just way to muddy the marketing. The one thing they did that I actually did like really like is the tablet. Being able to switch from the tablet to the TV. That was like a really like I was like, shit, that's a really smart idea. How many times have you gone into a situation where you're about to play a game and somebody comes in and is like, oh, I want to watch TV. Yeah. I agree. Did that work well for you? No. (laughs) It never worked well for me. No, no. But still, the concept, I mean, it led led to the Switch, essentially. Mm -hmm. So it it did bring us that. So they had some good attentions. But if they had just perfected that portion, I think the Wii U would have been successful. But at the same time, that's the only thing it really brought, other than maybe some minor upgrades to the the hardware, as far as a little more RAM, a little more power 
it's fascinating yeah. because the Wii U and the Xbox One both have this aspect where it's like, oh, we know you like to watch TV. Like, here's this thing that's going to revolutionize how your gaming um, experience and your TV watching experience blend. And here we are uh, 10, 10 short years later, and no one's fucking watching TV. <laughs> that's what they killed. That's what they killed uh, Microsoft for with the uh, well. Which Xbox was it where they tried to make it the media center? Xbox oh, it was the one. media center. It was the Xbox One, and you could do uh, Xbox, uh, and it would do the little sidebar like screen within a screen. So like you could yeah. be waiting to get into a Gears of War game in the middle of the screen, and on the right it would have like whatever was on your cable box because it had an HDMI in and an HDMI out. Mm-hmm. So you could plug your cable box into that, plug your Xbox, and then your connect would like. I had the setup. I had the fucking setup. I had my cable box and my Blu-ray going into the Xbox. So if you told your Kinect to like turn the volume down, it would turn the volume down on the Blu-ray. <laughs> it uh-huh. was amazing. And yeah. when they just started killing it, I was like, no, my boy, I love this thing. <laughs> I was just thinking about that the other day because even my wife would use it. She'd be like, Xbox, TV on. And they would come. Oh, it's so cool. Like We were living in the future, and we just didn't know what we had. Looking for it. We didn't know we 360. I would like to say that I miss the days of a heavily regulated Nintendo eShop. Mm. Uh, mm. I was not I was not opening up my 3DS and finding scantily clad, sketchy games all the time, like I do on the Switch. Is there a lot of Switch <laughs> porn? I miss that. Is there a lot of Switch porn out there now? Yep. Yep. <laughs> oh, that's a, that's a tough thing because I feel like that's an issue everyone's having because uh, Steam is just covered in it, like just covered in it. It's, oh, it's everywhere, man. It's what is wrong with people? <laughs> what is wrong with people? I don't under, like Josh with his uh with with his games. <laughs> <laughs> Leave me alone with my. Uh, uh... Oh, here he goes. What's he's, he's already what got it? a name ready. Now what was the 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 Hitler game? Um, oh, Sex with Hitler. Sex with Hitler 3D. <laughs> I mean, come on. Which you, implies that, can't that there be were real. two before it. <laughs> then that's okay. I, I'm too behind. I got to catch up. For for $5 bundle, my God, man. Who doesn't want to put a dildo in Hitler's ass? Come oh, on. Oh, God. I, gotta, I have to <laughs> go play two. patronism. I have to go play two. There's chili ring lore that I don't know about. <laughs> Sex with it with 3D or 3.5D. Josh, the chili I ring. Need, I need you to stop. This is serious Nintendo news. <laughs> This is serious Nintendo news. <laughs> no, so the 360 is shutting down too, I believe. 360 shuts yeah, down or the store. Yeah, behind it. It's coming oh, soon. Sorry, uh, I just got here and the dog off. So when the 360 was announced, someone did like an act, a full list of like games that were going to be lost to time because they were digital only and couldn't be purchased anywhere else. I wonder if anyone's done that yet. I'm sure it's out there. We'll, I'm going to take a look at that soon. Oh, yeah, here it is. Xbox 360 is closing July 24. So, yeah, that early or late aughts early teens generations going bye bye and that's making me really sad yeah <laughs> not as sad as this next article will it's making me feel old um playstation portal handheld is selling like hotcakes oh is, is this officially out and sorry hey we're using the game rant article on here and it's the one site that makes me turn off my ad stuff so in case you forgot it's truck month go get your toyota tundra um 
yeah, happy truck month to those who celebrate. Yeah, so uh, <laughs> it's in pre-orders right now, and there's currently limited because of production, but they keep selling out, and right now they're projected to possibly sell about $20 million. Oh, I hate gamers so much sometimes. <laughs> Look at this thing. <laughs> it looks awful. And even then, like, guys, they... Ha- See, see this little device right here? It's called a cell phone. Mm-hmm. All of them have a streaming capability to reach your PS5. Does it look comfortable in your hand? Like, I get it that it's like a PS5 controller split in two. That That's basically what it is. It, there's The other than that extra weight from the, the screen itself. Can you, Josh, can you grab your PS5 controller and cut it in half real quick so we can... Uh... <laughs> So we can actually, see. I've got, I've got a shit one. I will do it for next episode. I will cut it in half. Dude, let's record. Oh my god, yeah, that's great. I love that. <laughs> I am absolutely. I've got a little, a uh, little portable monitor. I can just attach to it. First of all, you're a disgustful, wasteful pig, Josh. But also, Thank let's you. get that recorded. <laughs> <laughs> I'm tuning in for that. <laughs> we'll do it live. <laughs> He's got a laser. We're doing it. Yeah. I don't know, man. I, I don't because get it. I don't th- get it. This I is don't. disappointing because I think the PSP and PS Vita are two of the sleekest pieces of machinery of hardware ever fucking made. Yeah, is that PSP? Is, what it is, is PSP. I got the PS Vita around somewhere. I just gotta grab it. Yeah, so mm-hmm. sleek. So oh, yeah. oh my god, look at that sexy little handheld. Look at that thing. Wrist strap and all. Wrist strap oh, yeah. and all. It's amazing. <laughs> oh, do you, wait, you got a USD in that slot? Ooh, come on. Show me that USD. That, no, USD, oh, you're not USB. About, oh, dumb. That's not USB either. No, there's nothing. Oh. Nothing currently in there. That VCR style ejection. Just. Yeah. <laughs> that thing was beautiful. I know, I know that was rough, but that thing was so nice. It's the only, hey, it's the only time I've ever watched Stealth. Jamie, uh, Jamie Foxx's stealth. Ah, <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> oh, you know what? Like you were saying, I'm torn. A part of me is like, we deserve better, much better. <laughs> <laughs> However, I think I, if I'm playing devil's advocate, I don't think this is for us. This mm-hmm. isn't for people who like know about hardware. Yeah. Um, the the thing that people use to play games on the most right now is phones, right? There's mm-hmm. people shelling out 50 bucks to play Resident Evil 8 on the iPhone. And that's just the world that we that's live in right now. Those poor, poor fuckers. <laughs> that's just the world we live in right now. <laughs> that, that is like borderline up there with like the people who are like, yeah, I play games on Mac. It's gotten mm-hmm. better, but prior to that, it's like, you poor son of a bitch, what are you doing? Hey, I got a friend that plays Fortnite on the Mac, I believe. <laughs> Leave them alone. <laughs> that poor son of a bitch, what are they doing with their lives? What I'm interested, what I'm most intrigued about this is, is how this affects what the Steam Deck 2 is going to look like, or the next iteration of the Steam Deck. Are they going to Just... look at this and like be like, hey... They're, they're gonna look at it and go <laughs> hold my beer Gabe is, Gabe is over there just <laughs> nose in the air like mm. I, I just imagine the South Park episode with the, the console wars 
uh, goes straight over to Gabe and he's just fucking some poor girl. <laughs> and they're, like, they're coming in to let him know about it. And he goes, I don't give a fuck. <laughs> I forgot about that part of the console wars. Man, South Park really pushing envelopes back then. Oh, yeah. And I remember correctly, wasn't it? It was Xbox the one in that, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah, because right around the time of the Red Wedding in uh, Game of Thrones. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, this isn't for us, but. Man, we had it so good with PSP and PS Vita. Whatever. We did. We did. Maybe, did maybe one day we'll get another handheld from Sony, and it will do just... It'll blow everybody out of the water. And maybe one day yeah. we'll get that uh, Microsoft puck we're supposed to get. That's just like the little streaming Xbox puck. Hey, if if Sonic Chili Ring isn't allowed for a title, show me your USD is right up there mm, is right up mm, there that's, a, it, that's brilliant that's right. brilliant that's brilliant i was just thinking that josh thanks for pulling the news since jake is not here josh was in charge of also pulling the meme josh you ready me time yeah all right here we go oh where'd it go went down page so um when the company that fired you starts fucking up tremendously, and it's uh, Kojima <laughs> holding his little espresso cup and having a little smirk on his face. Good meme, Josh, which leads into our main topic. Josh, you've been really good with the memes. I might have to fire Jake. <laughs> you just, you pick, you pick memes that are palatable to people who are only listening, and I appreciate you for it, Josh. I appreciate Thank you. Thank you. I appreciate that. I hope Jake is watching and heard all of that. He's we're having his uh, two week notice shortly. <laughs> that poor bastard. All right, let's get into the main topic. We're talking the five most influential games from Hideo Kojima. You know him, you love him. The man behind Metal Gear, Metal Gear Solid series. Also put out a little demo called PT. Uh, very experiment, very crazy career. Uh, in no particular order, we're just going to go down this list. Uh, first of all, before we do that, I want to ask, what is everyone's experience with Kojima? Uh, Ryan, I'll have you go first. <laughs> I have only played... Well, I've played one Kojima game, and I've played about two hours of another one. Um, I've always been, I'd say, intrigued by Kojima, but uh, in my household... I think I couldn't convince my parents to get me Metal Gear. Um, therefore, I just missed out on all of them. I'm super excited that the uh, remasters are coming out because that's going to be my on, my on-ramp to that entire series. Um, yeah, that's my experience. You have a trend of playing the trilogies just in one go. Oh, yeah. <laughs> what, was the, what was the one game? What was the one? Or you said you played two. What were the two games? So one of the the one that I played five or about fifteen minutes of was a uh, Metal Gear Solid Five. Okay. I just I didn't understand it. I think I've I've told you this before, but I didn't start paying attention to like the story of a game until I played Last of Us One. And so I remember booting up Metal Gear Solid 5 and just being so confused by how slow you would crawl around mm -hmm. and just not knowing what to do. And I was like, this looks really pretty. This looks really fun, but I just don't know what to do with it. <laughs> <laughs> I need to get out of here. What else do I have? <laughs> uh, and I played PT. 
Okay. I wish I still had my PS4 with PT on it. Doesn't everybody? <laughs> yes. <laughs> Those go for a pretty penny too. I bet. Uh, they do. They still do. Five hundred dollars. That's not the craziest amount of money, but I would just hold on to mine and just be like, "Hmm, let's give this another twenty years." Yeah. Our, uh, Josh, you've played all the Metal Gears, right? I've played every, just about everything Kojima has uh, dabbled in, so dabbled I'm comfortable in. talking. I, I mean, hate just you so the much only for that. the only thing I haven't <laughs> touched was that Penguin Adventure. And a couple of the one-off <laughs> games I've never heard of, like that Metal Gear uh, Solid Touch. You haven't played like Penguin colors. Adventure? Have you? No, I haven't. Okay, so then let me ask you, follow up, follow up to that. What um? What's your favorite Metal Gear, Josh? I have to go with Snake Eater. What? Mm. Why? Uh, because I'm still in a dream. I hate you so much. I hate you so much. I can sing it if you want to. No, it's just... It's probably the one that I've religiously played. I mean, Twin Snakes is definitely up there. Because mm-hmm. it's a retelling of one on the GameCube. It looks fantastic. It plays fantastic, but it's stuck on the GameCube and forever will be, as far as we know. Same yeah. with, like, 4 being stuck on the PS3. Um, Just something about Snake Eater. There's just... The, the camouflage system, the mini games, hell, even the fight with Vulcan. Come on. It doesn't get much better than that. Oh, that's hell, a... Pain. Pain is by far one of the best fights in there. Is Pain the astronaut? Uh, yes. Oh, yeah, I love that fight. It's a pain in the ass. No pun intended. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, no, just, there's just something that 3 does that 1 and 2 could never be, and four and five can never touch so so i go i go back and forth on two and three being my favorite just because two does some crazy stuff with the story and then three is just three is just an all-around like great game but uh, hey let's get into these so uh without further ado uh first one here is metal gear solid this came out first one came out was it 98 or 96 98 98 Do you see that Jennifer Hale, the voice of Naomi, came out and said that she only made like twelve hundred bucks for this uh, voice gig? That is crazy. (laughs) But, but I don't think we know how many hours she recorded with them. And also in '98, that was like I think twenty four hundred, twenty four hundred bucks. So I mean, to be fair, like we don't know the full gist of it, but also like people should get paid more. But also. Like, man, that's a lot of money if you were just in a booth for, like, a few days. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, yeah. Uh, but so what? what is so influential about this? I mean, I mean, well, this okay. was... It has the most iconic openings of uh, video game history. A high D. Oh, my God. Yeah, so this opening scene, you've infiltrated, and we're going to go through the whole game synopsis, so buckle up. This is a 10-hour podcast. Oh, God, I I did not sign up for this. I did not agree to this. So, yeah, you come out onto this dock of this base that has been taken over by these terrorists. And you are Solid Snake, uh, a character that has been in other video games already. They did the Metal Gear games for... um, Nintendo and Super Nintendo. They're only Japanese releases, though, at that point, right? 
Uh, I think so. No, I think they had American, some American releases at that point. So this anyway. one, So, I mean, this is your first... As far as I'm concerned, this is your first 3D... This is your first 3D stealth game. And, I mean, we're looking at it now. Yeah, the camera's bad. You have to, like, press up against the wall to, like, see enemies. But this was, like, revolutionary because nobody had done anything like this. You could manipulate like the wall you were on by knocking on it to make a sound to have somebody over toward have somebody come over towards you. I don't know what this guy is doing in this base right now, but waiting for the elevator. <laughs> that's right. Waiting for the elevator. Uh, and this is just, this is them flexing their muscle. This game went on to make Buku bucks for Konami. It's got a bunch of weird characters and it was just like the first time that I think a lot of people were introduced to, uh, the way that Hideo Kojima can tell a story, and again, you know, it's not just one person making a game, it's every, it's a team effort, but, man, this game gets weird, there's, uh, there's a guy that, <laughs> there's a guy that's an actor who can dress up like other people and perfectly, like, look like them, like, he could be, he could be Josh right now, for all we know. <laughs> no, he's dead. Spoiler alert. Oh, <laughs> there's a, there's a guy... Probably my Ocelot. You've Ocelot, got, yeah. Well, you're doing you've got uh, Sniper Wolf. You've got uh, Psycho Mantis. Ocelot is a, who I think is like a top ten all time character in video games. If I'm being honest, him and him and Snake like right next to each other. Psycho Mantis does something cool that uh, you know Hideo Kojima likes to fuck with players. I think that's something very obvious that you'll see across his games. Uh, what Psycho Mantis likes to do, he'll read your memory card. And if you've played another Konami game or a game that um, Kojima in general. is, yeah, in general, it's like, oh, hey, you play Super Smash Brothers, eh? This was the GameCube version, of course, but he would just fuck with you. And I mean, the main bad guy is your twin brother. I don't know if that's a spoiler, Josh, is it? Uh, it is because no one knows who Liquid is until the very end. But it's like it's just an '80s ass action movie story with a bunch of weird shit. <coughs> so is that why it's called Salt? So is that why he's Solid Snake? Because mm-hmm. there's Liquid Snake. Yeah, well, that just solid, blew my liquid, mind. Uh, <laughs> naked Snake. Okay. Uh, and then uh, what's uh, Solid Snake? Solid so we got snake quadruplets here. What are quadruplets? We got quadruplets. Uh, so solid, liquid, no, solidus. So, so uh, solidus is a clone. It's like a separate clone, I think, of Big solid Boss, and then Big Boss. and then uh, Solid Snake and Liquid Snake are both uh, twins of the same genome that they used. Okay. Okay. And then Naked Snake is just Big Boss, but with a different code yeah, name. That was his code name before he became Big Boss. <laughs> and then was there because another he snake kills the original Big Boss. Does he have a di- uh, does Snake have a different name in four? Isn't it like some weird? Is it Old Snake? Yeah, they just call him Old Snake because uh, the fox die has accelerated his uh, um, his cells in his body to produce rapidly, so they're just aged him quickly. It gets fucking ridiculous, but I mean, this is the first. Like, all these things that we're seeing in this game, so this codex, like, the the weird characters, the funny moments, Kojima fucking with players, this is shit that we're going to see throughout the rest of his 
not this discography, but through the rest of his gameography. There we go. Uh, (laughs) And it started, I mean, it started out with this one. This game was bananas. And then a few short years later, Josh, you might have to remind me of the year. Metal Gear Solid 2 comes out for PS2. I want to say it was after the World Trade Center because they had to change some stuff. 2002? Or it was late 2001, something like that. I'm looking it up now. So this is, this came out before Halo 2. So this is probably one of the first games that I can think of. There's probably others of people in the audience yelling, hey, you fucking idiot. But this is one of the first games that I can think of where the main focus wasn't that main character that everybody was so in love with. Now November thirteenth, oh one. Oh one. Yeah. Okay. So they, yeah, they had some. Uh, there's a scene in this where the uh, the base that you are trying to protect is flown into the World Trade Center. <laughs> well, flown into New York. Yeah. Uh, really. So they had yes. to change. A they had to heavily bit. change some things. And if you play the if you play the game like that scene that time in the game does feel heavily edited to like work around that uh it's really crazy when you think about it especially when you consider all the things that this game kind of all the themes this game plays into that you know when you look at it 22 years later you're like oh fuck like he was spot on like this is i think this is the first time people were like does hideo have a crystal ball laying around somewhere is he working with the guy of the simpson craters like what the fuck's going on (laughs) that'd be a good meme i'm I'm making that meme (laughs) uh but so this one the main character is raiden and i forget raiden's last name raiden's just like a they just call him right now an operative title and um yeah, people did not like Raiden. Just like uh, Abby from The Last of Us 2, Arbiter from Halo 2, people hated this fucking guy. Well, hold on. It's justifiable, though, because this was a little weird. The first first part of the game, you play as Snake on the, the tanker. Mm-hmm. And then the tanker goes down, mm-hmm. and it's like, like, what, a year or two later? Mm-hmm. And all of a sudden, you're playing as Raiden. Right, you're on a big shell. You're it's an ocean, an ocean cell or an ocean rig or oil rig. I'm sorry, and a terrorist group has taken it over, just like Shadow Moses, which was the base from the first game. And you start to notice that there's a lot of stuff happening here that lines up really close to the first game. Well, yeah, just like the the f- Raiden swims up to a dock and has to wait for an elevator to climb up, and then you have the crazy moments where you're like here where you see vamp killing the whole u.s navy seals team it's, uh, it's just unrealistic and it, but they did so well paralleling each other even to the point where even at the ending it, things start to go awry with uh uh the colonel so the what what the game is what the game is drawing on is spoilers spoilers i'm gonna go in i'm going in I'm going in. Oh, yeah. I'm going. Sorry, I love that song. <laughs> um, what the game? What Hideo is doing here? He's again fucking with the audience because everyone's expecting what what they got from the first game. They're like, "Hey, I want Solid Snake. I want him to fight th- these terrorists. I want all this weird shit to happen." And that's exactly what he's giving them. But with and that's the story of the game. It's the. the <laughs> Raiden is set up basically because they're just trying the the agency in the game is just trying to recreate the first game. The Shadow so, Moses incident. 
it's a better version of what the newest Matrix movie did. Okay. The newest Matrix movie was just trying to poke fun at like, hey, we're being rebooted. My name's I'm Keanu Reeves. Everybody loves me. <laughs> um, and they did a much better version of it. This uh, the biggest theme of this game is you know, uh, not theme, but there's a lot of AI talk in this game, <laughs> like a lot of AI okay. talk. Oh, yeah. And you find out that the colonel you've been talking to is actually a super smart AI that they set up to just like keep you busy. And he goes into a diatribe about like you know, misinformation and people sharing misinformation. And, you know, if you go back and watch stuff from this game in the last few years, you kind of go like, holy fucking shit. <laughs> I'm loving these spins that, <laughs> oh, it's that so he's ridiculous. doing. There's another, this, is even the, this is even the worst one. You got Queen, who basically just cannot be killed because bullets just go around her. Oh, so I did just oh, see the term. I saw the term, yeah, Queen. And I thought of it. <laughs> he calls her his Queen. That's why I was like, Queen. I'm like, no, that can't be right. Oh, yeah, I forgot. Uh, Vamp and Fortune were together. That's. Re- I always forgot there was a dating dynamic in there. Yeah. Wow. Um, I'm amazed by how cinematic this is. <laughs> this is you're like, crazy. You're like, wait a minute, this is a 20 year old game? What did I miss out on? <laughs> <laughs> uh, you missed out on at least 30 hours of uh, cutscenes. <laughs> Minimum. This is a very, this is a fun game. There's a lot of back and forth on this. Uh, I don't know. I didn't really like the shell setting. But you're also defusing a lot of bombs. If you think Vamp's weird, there's a fat guy in roller skates. And I'm not being mean. His name is His Fat name Man. His name is Fat Man. <laughs> uh, there's Olga Gerlukovich, who is uh, one of the best. She works with the Russians. And she's she the she ends up being the ninja, right? Yeah, she ends up being the Gray Fox replicant. Yeah. Ryan, erase this all from your brain because you're going to play the game. Don't. I'm absolutely going to forget. It's okay. okay. <laughs> and we got Pliskin here. And this ends up being Snake, so this is our two heroes being united, finally. Uh, but yeah, just the anger people had for this game, and this game is not a masterpiece, but it's a, a big fuck you. <laughs> and I've always mm-hmm. loved that about it. Um, and then, so to move on to Josh's favorite, Metal Gear Solid 3, I think this is the one perfect game Hideo Kojima has made. Yes. Mm-hmm. I because I can I can look at those other two that we just talked about. I can look at the other games that we're going to talk about and say, oh, this is my issue with it. This game, I do not see a fucking issue with this. Josh, do you see an what? issue with Snake Eater? Let me paint no. let me paint the scene for Ryan before Josh goes off. Let me go off. Snake Eater is a prequel, but it's still called Metal Gear Solid 3. It's the weirdest damn okay. thing. Whatever. Metal Gear Solid 5 was also kind of a prequel. You've been there for a little bit. You were there for 15 minutes. Um, <laughs> this one's set in... Oh, where are they, Josh? They're not in Korea, are they? No, this is... Um, it's been so long. It's like Rush... Like a borderline of Russia, isn't it? I don't remember. But this game is huge. So, like, the last two were very contained. The last two... You know, you were it was a singular setting that you never left. This is like a big old jungle, multiple bases, multiple areas. Uh, you've got a boss fight that spans over three areas that can take you hours because it's it's a sniper fight. It's probably one of the greatest boss fights of all time. Oh, that's and it's got one of the greatest uh, cheats around it. <laughs> I forgot about this. 
uh, for those unaware, so he's an old man. I forget what his name is. Nick, do you remember? His name is The End. The End. So he's literally like a hundred years old. He's in a fucking wheelchair. There's two ways you can kill measly. Uh, there's one cutscene uh, where you see him on a pier where you can actually snipe him and blows him up and kills him. Mm-hmm. <laughs> or if you're getting to the boss fight, if you save the game, uh, pushed your console's clock like a day or two ahead uh, and then play the game back up, it shows a cutscene of him dying of old age. Wow. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That is crazy. <laughs> yeah, so and that's just that fight alone. There's other shit you can do for the other fights, but that is by far like one of the greatest like it blows your fucking mind. It's it's up there with the uh Psychomantis being able to read your memory card. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then having the switch ports. And then there's um Nick who is uh the guy who haunts you uh when you fall down the uh river. Oh, I for is it the sorrow? I think it's the sorrow. I think it's the sorrow. So with him, his is really his is really unique. It's not really a boss fight. It's more like a, you just have to go through a. Um, it's a walking simulator. Yeah, it's a walking simulation. Uh, <laughs> it's based on how many people you've killed up to that point. Mm. If you killed nobody, you basically just walk to the end, and you have to just pick your cyanide pill. Or if you've killed a hundred people, you have to go through a river with, that has a hundred different types of ghosts coming at you. Wow. And you can fail that, too, because the ghosts kind of drain you a little bit, don't they, Jeff? Yeah. So you yeah, kind of have to avoid, avoid them. them. Yeah. It's a tough fight. I, going back to the end, I still have, I have this headcanon where, like, somebody discovered that on accident because they hadn't played the game in a few weeks and came back to him being dead. <laughs> 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 Some things this game introduced to the series, it has a camouflage. Uh, if you're watching the video, if you look to the top right, you have, like, a percentage that you're hidden based on your camouflage and the area that you're in. Uh, other things that introduced was healing through eating food. Like in past games, you had rations, but this one you would actually have like snakes, rats, stuff. Uh, you could get poisoned by eating a poisoned uh, animal, right, Josh? Or yep, a poisonous and then animal. Uh, you'd have to use, uh, they had the medical screen where you could pull wounds out, uh, bullets out of you, uh, p- take your broken bones and stab back into place and, depending on what it was, how often it happens, it actually play a little cinematic of you watching snake actually do them. So like if he broke his ri- uh, forearm, he would take something, put it in his mouth. You'd see him pop it right back into place and then wrap mm. it up. All oh, those animations look great too, for a game that's going to turn 20 next year. Yeah. <laughs> uh, um, so the, I think the camouflage is innovative. I don't think anyone else has done it. I think the, the the light system in Splinter Cell is like the closest Close to second, it, but those yeah. like those were coming up together. It wasn't like one influenced the other, because I think this was right around the same time as Chaos Theory, so which is the perfect Splinter Cell, by the way. So the fact that these two games came out within a year of each other just still blows my mind. This is another one where the bosses are also great, as Josh was saying. Uh, I like the these themed bosses better. Because they all have like a, the pain, the the sorrow, the fear, the fear, the fear is by far the easiest boss fight in the whole game. The end. The, I'm trying to think. Uh, the 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 guy with the bees. What was he called? Uh, he's very forgettable. I forget his name too. The most forgettable boss of the game. The fear is kind of weird just because you're like on the ground and you're like, okay, I want to climb a tree to see if I can find this guy. Did you know you could use the traps around the the area, though, to hurt, hurt him more? Can you? I did not know that. I was watching someone do a speed run and they were just using traps to kill him. 
He's wow. very annoying because he's one where you have to wear the different goggles to like kind of snuff him out. Yeah, because he just camouflages so well with the environment, and mm-hmm. he's like a friggin' spider monkey. He can run, jump, climb anywhere. Mm-hmm. Oh, and then the final boss, one of the greatest final bosses of all time, especially with the gut punch. Shagglehog. Not the Shagglehog, Josh. The boss. Oh, you're talking about Big Boss. Well, no. Technically, it's the watching the cinematic of Revolver Ocelot twirl the guns around, then you have to pick which one you want. Yeah, revolvers there. I forgot about that. Shagohod. Shagohod. The bo- the boss is canonically the final boss. No, yeah, I know. The boss is definitely like the like that's like the greatest, and it's beautifully done in that. Uh, it's like a blue or not blue. It's like a white. That's uh, what is it? It's a field. Of, it's a field of flowers. It's a field. Right, but I don't know what the flower a, was. She's but... in a white jumper, so like you can't see her. You oh, and it's, it's a blueproof jumper, so you have to hit the spot that she had, like, unzips to show you her birthing scars. Yeah, uh, and yeah. you have to shoot her, her in that area. birthing scars, Kojima, yeah. <laughs> He's also very pervy. <laughs> no. <laughs> oh, and uh, let's not forget the, the biggest twist of finding out about uh, Zero and uh, who Adam was. Oh, the, um... But that's uh, that didn't come till much later. Well, it comes in, uh, for... Four and five. Yeah, but you don't find that out in three, Josh. I don't know. I agree, but I'm just, no. You you did find out. You find out who Adam is, and then you, uh, if you played and got beat the, the hardest difficulty, you got the little. Oh, Adam was also zero. Adam was also Yeah. Because you're Josh, supposed to be. It's been twenty years. <laughs> it's been twenty years. They're remaking this. For, they're remaking Delta. Or they're turning this into Delta for a reason. Okay. I, mm-hmm. I, I got two more notes. I got two more notes on this one. Yeah, go ahead. Two notes. The ladder boss fight. I was about to ask about that. Where does this long ladder come in, and why is it there? <laughs> um, the boss fight. I'm like, oh. is, it, is, it right, is it right after the pain? Uh, yes, because you finish, you go through the tunnel, and then you start climbing it, and then you start to hear the opening theme play again. I'm still in a dream, snake eater. <laughs> uh, and I think this is Kojima fucking with you again. Because there is no, like, there's no reason for this. There's no reason for this ladder. Like, you're not loading the next area. Again, it's been 20 years, but I don't think the next area is like a big loading area, like a big area that it's loading. But, I mean, you get at that point, you get into the more um, industrial part of the game. But Kojima, it's just Kojima fucking with us. Like, because I remember as a kid, like, when's this ladder gonna end? And then another memory is an early scene. I think it's one of the first scenes where you meet Eva. And Snake will not shut the fuck up about his gun. He describes everything. <laughs> the handle's got a Cavalar finish. <laughs> and isn't he using the knife to like trim up the sides to give it more of a, a slimmer profile? Yeah, and he's smoking a fucking cigar the whole time he's talking. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> It's just cheesy. It's almost it's almost Tarantino esque. This gun scene that I'm thinking of, I might have to send that to you, right? Because it's please do. It's something do. that has stuck with me for 20 years, and I'm like, this guy really loves this fucking gun. Like, there's this yeah. half, and I remember again, this is 20 years, so I'm almost a teenager. I'm like, there's this half naked lady over here, and he won't stop talking about the gun. What's going on? <laughs> <laughs> oh, is this the gun guy you were talking Revolver about? Revolver Ocelot. Oh, yeah. okay. <laughs> this is where he finally gets introduced because before this, he was using like a Makarov 
pistol and he was sliding the the rounds into the chamber and it gets caught and that's what snake like stops and he goes oh you should be using more like a revolver oh my god and he he's like hey thanks for the tip man <laughs> oh my god the scene it makes sense they show that snake is a gun nerd so that later on when ocelot gets punked snake could be like hey motherfucker you need to use a revolver oh my god why am i just now realizing this are you being serious i don't I can't tell if you're fucking with me or no not. i'm being serious they set that up just so that pays off later and then this guy pulls out the revolvers <laughs> oh my god <laughs> it's oh, a question Josh. for both of you we gotta yes. we might have to do a book club on metal gear solid 3 <laughs> is there anything another that you game. wish uh are there any like gameplay mechanics or anything like that from metal gear solid that you wish just made it into other games the the camo the camo from three three i think it's really yeah. weird that more games haven't used that i think they yeah because that, that's the last metal gear game we're talking about because i think four has a lot of mess involved <coughs> with it and i think mm. five is i think five is a great game but i don't think it's i i wouldn't consider it a metal gear solid game it's but, definitely mm. like it, you can tell that's when konami came in and kind of like told kojima like yeah fuck no we're not doing that <laughs> but i i do think the the camo like it's just this great thing where you are, you know, using your environment more. And I think, mm. oh, and, you know, funny that I'm playing Cocoon because I think it goes into that, to what I'm talking about here is that I don't think enough games utilize their environment instead have a demanding button layout. Um, playing a lot of Cocoon reminds me, like it had me thinking about The Legend of Zelda. It had me thinking about PT, or not PT, um, oh, what we're playing it, Death Stranding, and how like complicated things are, and how many buttons I need to remember, and oh hey, if I want to soothe my BB, I have to hold R one, press up on the D pad, and then press B to shake. I have to do all this stuff to shake it. Whereas oh hey, I changed my outfit, and now I just have to use my environment. Yeah. One other system which they, you'd probably bring into more other games is the hold-up system, where you could sneak up behind an enemy, <coughs> point your gun at them, and you yell, freeze! And they'd throw their hands up. And then sometimes they would shake, and something would pop out. Uh, whether it be <laughs> an item, or in some cases, you could actually take their dog tags. And the dog tags were used like... It was like kind of like their credit system, where uh, you could see everybody who developed the game. And you could collect uh, them. That's neat. That's yeah, really cool. It was very neat. It was definitely something that was like, oh, that, that's a thing? Uh-huh. Yeah, the it's only, a fucking thing. We should do it. The only thing you get out <laughs> of it in Grand Theft Auto is people just wait for you to stop pointing the gun at them and run. Yeah, I think it's weird that like <laughs> games haven't implemented that and like where you can shake someone down for something. It's like, no, you can either you can hold them hostage and then when you stop aiming, they're just gonna run. It's like, no, let me like reach into their pocket and take a dollar. <laughs> do something. <laughs> do something. Uh, next on the list is not a Metal Gear. This isn't even a video game because you can't play it anymore. You can't get it unless you have it. Have it already. Uh, this is PT. This was the Silent Hill playable trailer uh, for the game that would never be. I sadly have never played this. You, uh, Josh has played this, right? I have played the shit out of this. What stands out about this, Josh? Um, Obviously, it's could. It's coming from Kojima, uh, and it's very different. We're used to him giving us a 
Metal Gear, so like an espionage action game where this is horror. And it's also, we've got our first like big name. This has got Norman Reedus' name on it too. So not only do we have a big name in the industry out there, but we have something Kojima has never really done before. What year was mm-hmm. Was this 2014, 2013? Uh, 2014, I want to say. Okay. So yeah, this is coming out. Norman Reedus is probably at his peak Walking Dead popularity. Uh, I don't want to blow show. past. I don't want to blow past that because wasn't it a big reveal at the end? Like the camera zooms out yeah. and turns around, and it turns out that it's Norman. That was crazy to me. <laughs> Another thing that's crazy too is just the amount for it being a demo. Just the amount of content we got from it, like finding out that the whole time the the ghost that is haunting you through all this is actually behind you all the time. Mm-hmm. Well, not that or, this was not that this was the first time Silent Hill did first person because the room had aspects of this, but I mean this was a fully first person experience coming out of Silent Hill, um, and then you know Resident Evil would go on to kind of do the same. Not to say that Resident Evil Seven was like, oh shit, they're doing first person, we got to do it, but like. You know, they probably saw this from each other, and Capcom was like, yeah, you know. We gotta go back to our horror roots first off. (laughs) They're like, fuck, Kojima, yeah. Oh, shit, that's spooky. (laughs) That wasn't there before. You're just in a big square, aren't you? It's just a big square hallway. Well, it's just, it's ever ever endlessly looping uh, cycle. You keep going into the same thing, but it changes every interval. Uh, mm-hmm. And a lot of games, if you uh, look at it as uh, after this has been released, there's a lot of horror games that actually implement this into their games. Like this is like a big takeaway, even though it's only a demo, it influenced so many different games. It gets, um, yeah. yeah. So it gets weirder the the more times you go through, right? Correct. And you know, we, you know what? I won't say anything, Ryan. <laughs> I won't say anything. Uh, so, <laughs> it's okay. It uh, it. Just like you were saying, Josh, like in, in looking at the footage that we're watching, I'm just recalling how many other games have done similar stuff, probably because this game did it. And that's monumental. Like this shifted the the trajectory of the horror genre in games. And it baffles me that Konami was just like, yeah, fuck it. We don't want to do it anymore. Like I, I get being upset with Kojima, but the fact that you don't want to continue this really baffles me. Well, mm-hmm. it's what's really fascinating about Kojima is he's he's a film he's a film buff he is yes. a film buff like he called Snake Plushkin in Metal Gear Solid Two because he loves Escape from New York, and I was actually it's funny I was watching him he was in the Criterion Closet picking movies, and yeah, I think he picked like ten movies and eight of them had to be horror movies, and so like seeing that and knowing that he, you know, was working on this game and then would eventually go on to, uh. I, I think looking at Death Stranding, it's it's a horror game, right? I I wouldn't say it's Silent Hill horror, but I would say it does it does kind of grasp on the uh, the coattails of horror. But yeah, but this was also a guy dabbling in horror since the beginning. Right. I mean, Metal Gear Solid had uh, Gray Fox and that's that spooky scene in the hallway. Uh the same with Metal Gear Solid 2 had a similar scene with Vamp that we watched, and I think they had another one, actually. Metal Gear Solid 3 had the the Sorrow Walk and just other horror aspects in it as well. Uh, 
I can't speak for four because it's been so long and I try to forget four. A lot of Didn't four have like those weird like humanoid things that were basically not like the walkers, the, the beauty and the beast or the, the geckos. I think the gecko. well, is the geckos, the smaller ones. There, eh, I, again, I try to forget metal gear solid four. Yeah. Like I said, it's, it's like twin snakes. It's stuck on its console. And it's never going to get released. So to mm-hmm. just see the man's influence on horror and he only, it was only a trailer. It was only yeah. a playable trailer. Yeah. And the amount of people who have recreated this in, I'm sure it's been done in dreams. Uh, the people who have like recreated it, I'm sure there's a Minecraft version of this and people who have done it scale for uh, one for one in other places. It's probably got a Roblox remake on in there somewhere. <laughs> Those poor children. Coming soon to Fortnite because Fortnite's getting more into that stuff. Uh, man, I just I really am upset, and the fact that Konami took it down. I mean, obviously you have to take it down, but they took it down, and now it's gone. We'll never, we'll never have it. It's gone. No, and so we get. Uh, well, I'll wait until we move on. But doomed to just have podcasters talk about it. I kind of want to watch the end of this, and it was a short game. It's a short thing. No. Like, yeah, what is this, 20 minutes, you, yeah. 20 minutes and people are still talking about it 10 plus years later. How did you beat it? Do either of you remember how you beat it? Josh, how does it end? You got us talking to a microphone. Or was that just a rumor? No, I think that is right. I think you did have to talk to a microphone. You got to say, like, I'm not afraid anymore. I want to say you're right. Which, again, something that I don't know that that had ever been done before. I'm scared. I mean, yeah, there were GameCube games that like used a microphone, but I'm going to click on the most replayed part of this video. Let's find out what happens. Oh God. Oh God. <laughs> I didn't know. <laughs> oh. Oh, I didn't like that. I did not it's more like f- that. There's more fight than flight in you there, buddy. <laughs> if I had my voice, I would have yelled. Uh and last but not least here is a game that we've been talking about on the show for the last month now, uh, Death Stranding. Uh, obviously the game we actually got with Norman Reedus <laughs> instead of uh, PT or Silent Hill. Uh, again, and this game wasn't received really well out of the gate. And I say what you will. I think people are coming around since the director's cut has come out. I think the people who are like, looking at this game and seeing like everyone hold away and like the game calling for everyone to openly communicate uh, and people who relate it back to everything that happened with COVID. I think those people need to, I don't know, go outside. Touch grass. <laughs> <laughs> Again, Hideo doesn't have a crystal ball. This is just a man who likes film. <laughs> mm-hmm. And, uh, the call for reconnecting 
is something that you see a lot in film and you know this game was called a walking simulator and that that term's becoming a lot more derogatory the further into uh the 20s we get because i mean people people look at games like this or firewatch or what happened or what's eating gilbert grape no not even gilbert grape uh, edith finch <laughs> what remains of edith finch and they call them walking simulators because they're like, oh, nothing's happening. You just walk. You don't really do anything. But it's like, no. You... I mean, Elden Ring does the same thing, though. How many, How far do you have to travel before you get like, to the next area and do something? You're fighting people the whole time, though. But Not the, necessarily. The point I'm trying to make is that people, people call these games walking simulators, but there's stuff going on. Like, you just have to, like, shut up and listen. <laughs> Set up and watch what's going on. Like, I'm sorry that you want to I'm sorry you want to stab everything you come across or shoot everything you come across, but calm down, bud. <laughs> calm down. Mm-hmm. I I play devil's advocate. Someone far wiser than me who makes games said stories are for telling, games are for doing. So if you're going to put a story in a game, have me do something. That's fair. Okay. <laughs> uh, Guillermo del Toro. <laughs> Speaking of story, uh, <laughs> uh, I can I can I I can see that sentiment. I can see that side of it. But also, I mean, you are you are doing in this. You are planning. You are planning your deliveries. You are planning the the weight distribution, the route. It's just a mm-hmm. different doing that people aren't used to. Like people think Hideo Kojima, they're like, okay, I'm going to get all these guns. I'm going to be able to shoot anything that messes with me. Whereas this one's like, okay, I know that this area over here that I need to go through is going to have BTs or is going to have uh, uh, smugglers, mules. which are the mole, the mole, mules, the mules. mules. So I know it's this way. So I need to go around this thing. And then I know this is really hilly over here, so my bike's not going to be able to climb this hill, so I'm going to need to reroute. And there's water over here, so I'm going to have to build a bridge. But then also, it's got you connecting with other players, so I don't know what the reach is. I don't know what the server reach is, but like if someone in another game built a bridge, that bridge may appear in your game. Uh, Mm. And you can like it, and that's like the main way of connecting with that player. And I'm still... I'm still working with the ranking system in it, but it's it's a game that like everything that you were doing feels like it is part of that telling. So that mm-hmm. when people call this a walking simulator, I kind of just want to kick them in the nuts. <laughs> I got you. Uh, just to just to be clear, I have no problem with walking simulators. <laughs> um, <laughs> I actually think it's becoming less of a derogatory term because simulator games are becoming so popular, and some people just like simulator games where you walk. Mm-hmm. Well, and the was, more good uh, ones that come out helps too. Yeah. <laughs> well, I took I took your statement as a challenge, and so I was ready to fight. No, <laughs> it's fascinating because we have walking simulators, and then if you look at like all the games that are coming out here in the next six months, we have a bunch of climbing games. So now there's like a bunch of climbing simulators. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's like yes, yes, we are moving forward. Um, <laughs> And, you know, we're getting a sequel to this. I think when, and I said, I've said this previously, so I'm not saying something super wise. I have this written, it's written down over here in the corner, but I think you look at this game and you can see the influences from breath of the wild 
and then you look at Tears of the Kingdom and you can see the influences from Death Stranding. Hmm. That's interesting. Like there, like, and there was overlap between all three of them. I'm sure when Breath of the Wild was being worked on, this was also being worked on. And when Breath of the, or Tears of the Kingdom was being worked on, this was also being worked on. So there was a little overlap between all three of them. It just worked out like that. Like this probably came at the tail end of Breath and then Tears came at the tail end of this. Quick question. Yeah. I I saw Monster Energy cans. Are there any other sponsors in this game? <laughs> not that I'm aware of, but they're also not in there anymore. Okay. I yeah, think this it's is called... an old video. It's Bridges Energy Drink now. Bridges. The... It's got the energy. Yeah. <laughs> there probably was, honestly, a couple more. I'm sure we could probably look into it, but as of right now, there's it's not Monster for oh, sure. There is. When you take a shit, by the way, you, you shit and pee in this game. And shower. And shower. Like when by you, choice? Or yes, does it like choice. benefit yeah, because you? It, okay. it's, it's how you make your grenades. Okay. I know. It opens, <laughs> yeah. it opens us you up to so grenades. many questions. Right. You make chili ring grenades. I know. I know. But, so, when you go to take a shit, they, they block out the view with a an ad for Norman Reedus's motorcycle show, which I don't even know if that's on anymore. It's definitely not on anymore. <laughs> <laughs> it's fun. it's it's one of those things where it's an ad but it's also like okay that's silly <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah yeah <laughs> i don't know man like the fact that this is getting a sequel i'm pretty excited for it if there's yeah, one I thing kojima can do it sequels and i've appreciated this game more now that i've played it like i do agree watching the trailers for it and watching watching gameplay i'm like oh this looks kind of boring but now that i'm actually playing it i'm like motherfucker this is actually really good uh-huh I think it looks interesting. I just, I still don't know what this game is. So if you had to like, <laughs> tell me what this game is, like, what am I doing? Right, long story short, long story short, you are essentially tasked with connecting all these different bases and all these different groups of people uh, onto a, basically a giant, uh, basically you are the internet company. You're connecting them all to this network so they can communicate and, basically just reconnecting the world or at least the United States. Yeah. You're the Google fiber guy. Yes. Okay. <laughs> okay. You are Sam Porter bridges. You are. Sam okay. <laughs> I mean, just to sum up at the end, I, I, Kojima's fucking nuts. <laughs> I mean, do you guys think this is him at his peak of like, dude, I can do whatever the fuck I want. No one can tell me no. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He got, he got fuck you money from Sony there at the end. Um, when, when he left Konami, he started he started this up, and I think Sony was like, "Oh, hey, uh, give us time exclusive, uh, time exclusive for Death Stranding." Yeah. Is it on Xbox yet? No, it's still only PC and uh, PlayStation. Cause it's on PC Game Pass, so I was like, "Wait a minute, wait, is it on PC mm. Game Pass? I don't know. It's on PC Game Pass." Or okay, it so it may not point. be on it may not be on Xbox then, but it might just be PC. Okay, still though, like, cool that he was able to break up well got dumped or whatever however you want to look at it and then break off and go do his own thing yeah. i just think he need maybe needed a few not so many yes men around him i think he need he's got to be reined in he he definitely has <laughs> to be reined in a little bit yes uh, i remember g4 after that whole split happened and he started his studio g4 went to go tour his studio and he basically had like a when you walk in the building everything is just white 
like as wide as can possibly be. Didn't a statue like come out of the ground? (laughs) And then he wouldn't let them see anything else. (laughs) (laughs) He's got no chill. He's got no chill. He's crazy. That video of him in the Criterion closet was like the most level headed I've ever seen. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, I think honestly, I think uh, Norman Reedus actually just for the first time actually visited Kojima at the headquarters. Mm-hmm. Or not Kojima. Norman Reedus is so bad at keeping a secret. <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> he he basically leaked Death Stranding like a whole two or three years out. <laughs> it's my favorite it's my favorite thing about like celebrities getting more into games is that, like and it's not, can't it's not a fucking secret. <laughs> it's not the celebrities' fault because the, the NDAs on these games and what they can and can't say are so ridiculous that by the time that someone can say something, it's been years. And Norman Reedus yeah. is like, yeah, I think we're doing another Death Stranding. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but I, I love them. They're they're good. They're fun people. Uh, hey, we made it to the end of the episode, and I coughed 150 times, so I apologize to that. I want to thank Ryan again for coming on to the show. Ryan, I appreciate yes, you. you, man. When I reached out and you were like, I've only played one. Uh, when I, I've only played one Kojima game. I was like, you're perfect for this episode. We need, <laughs> you, we need you. You're going to lift this episode up above to be better than any other episode. But no, we appreciate you. Where can uh, where can folks find you on the internet? Or anywhere, honestly. Uh, you can find me at um, BlackShinobi956 on everything. If you need help making your game, check out my YouTube. If you want to hang out while I play Mass Effect, check out my Twitch. That's all you need to know. And thank you. Let me say thank you to y'all for for having me on. Uh, the consistency of smashing game time is incredible. I appreciate your commitment to do this and do it well. So I appreciate both of you. Thanks, man. I'm Stop. so happy you're saying. I'm so happy you're saying that on my most like sickly episode. Like I, so many times, I lost my voice and was coughing, and I was like, "Oh no, he's gonna be like this dude." But we're glad to have you here. We hope to have you back in the future because. We love chatting with you and sitting here with you and talking games. Even if even if you haven't played those games. <laughs> uh, he's, I, he's committed more than Jake, so. And I hope <laughs> I hope you stream Signalis. I'm really excited that you're playing that. Uh hey, you can find me, Nick, at that Kaufman on Twitter. You can also find me at Nick Fat Knight on Twitch and YouTube. Not that I'm doing much over there. Uh I've also got game reviews up on Game Chronicle. Nothing new as of late on there, but we should have a review up for Dude by the time you're hearing this. I swear, I swear it will be up either by the time you're hearing this or pretty close. Uh, Preview coming up for Last Train Home. And then I've got another review for a game I can't quite talk about yet, but I was (laughs) hinting at it with the boys here earlier, and it is weird. (laughs) It's a spicy one. You're not going to want to miss it. It is spicy. Josh, where can the people find you? You can find me anywhere at I'm Josh Sang, and then uh, my most recent review for uh, Void Crew is out now, so um, gotta look at the list and see what else I want to take, but uh, I'm kind of taking a break right now. I just had a long business trip and just need to relax and catch up on some Death Stranding myself, so... October is busy. It is busy. Hey, you can find Smashing Game Time anywhere you get your podcast. We're also on YouTube where you can see our beautiful faces. Our faces are up for you to see on there. So go over there and take a look. Again, we are Trident Network Podcast. Go listen to our siblings. Thank you to Alex Marvin Clark for our intro and outro song, Hunt Him Down. Uh, I 
think that is everything. Yeah, that is everything. Hey, this has been Smashing Game Time. I hope you all had a smashing great time. We'll see each and every one of you next time.